making sure that students are not sort of putting things off and we're not saying like, oh yeah, you can take this, you can take this out later and finish it up later because then it kind of puts students on this other timeline of work that doesn't get due or the work doesn't get done. And then they have more classwork from their other classes and that, that stuff can spiral really quickly. Broken Copier, a conversation about teaching. The goal, is, the goal of the show is to connect with a passionate, diverse group of educators to bring helpful analysis and collaboration to folks working in the classroom. Marcus, my friend, it's been a minute. It's been a busy summer. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, good. Kind of tired. We've got, I'm two weeks in now. We just finished up our second week of the, of the school year and I had a I, the summer was good, but not, uh, it was, I was still felt like it flew by. We were, tra- we did some traveling and, um, but you know, a little tired, but overall feel like I'm doing well. Well, awesome. Uh, over here, uh, we are still in our last gasp of summer. This is the final weekend before kiddos show up. So just taking some deep breaths, preserving my voice as much as possible, which, I know is there's an irony in recording a podcast in that pursuit. Uh, and I also know it's probably weird for me to say that I'm still thinking about students walking into my room because so many people listening have already started, Jim included. Uh, but given this dynamic, though, I actually th- am excited to talk with you, Jim, about your beginning of the year, because I think it works in a twofold way, just to have you reflect, because there are those who've started who can kind of listen along and think about how your reflections parallel theirs, or there might be some you know things that are different and the whys behind that. Or from my standpoint, your generosity in sharing how your years began, begun, uh, in the sense yeah, that I can both English in teachers. Anti- yeah, an anticipation <laughs> mindset and take away some things that'll be helpful for me, hopefully in the weeks ahead. So I guess like, yeah. Beyond just how is it going, in one word, what would you say for your first couple weeks? How would you describe them? Hopeful. Very, very hopeful. I think, um, you know, I think a lot of teachers out there know what post-pandemic teaching has looked like. Um, it's been a pretty rough few years coming back from remote instruction and wearing masks and a lot of a lot of things creeping up in the classroom around behavior issues and just like problem solving with peers and being with each other. And that had been a challenge, not just in my school, but you know, it seemed in everyone's school. And this year we off, you know, I'm not saying that all that stuff is solved by any means, or I don't even know what having that stuff solved would look like, but you know, credit, credit to everyone working at my school. I think we, we're off to a really, really good start. We, the kids have been, uh, they've just been working hard. They've been excited. Their hands are up a lot more. They're, they're, they're coming in at a pretty high level. Um, I had a little diagnostic that was 
the best that it's been since I started working at my school. Um, and I would say, yeah, f- people, including myself, are feeling cautiously optimistic. But, you know, we've been trying to it's been going well, honestly, surprisingly well. I've been excited. So I would say hopeful. I love hearing that as someone yeah. about ready to dive in uh, myself. And and I'm one of those like I think the first week, first few weeks of the year are some of my favorite weeks of the entire calendar. There's so mm-hmm. I mean, it's stressful, it's exhausting, but like I'm looking forward to it. Quite honestly, when you say like it's gone even better than you expected, do you think there is something different from like your school or your classroom that contributes to that, or the kids just walk in with this different dynamic? I- I'm curious. I, I want to learn more. I yeah, I do too. I don't, I don't know if it's any like one answer. I can tell you that we have a new principal this year who's stepped up and uh, she's been an assistant principal with us for years and she has a, a lot of trust from the staff and, you know, including me, I, I, I'm a big fan and right away, like, I think, I think the, to me, one part of this answer is just the importance of school leadership because since our August PD, like things have been from her and from the rest of our leadership team, like super clear, well communicated. This is what the vision is. These are what the expectations are. Um, She's very direct and naming like, here are the problems we're seeing and this is what we need people to do. And it's just one big part of that. I think it's just the very clear, consistent communication from, from leadership. It doesn't matter how long you've been teaching here. It doesn't matter if you're just starting out with us, like, I feel like the staff is really on the same page in a way that they haven't been. Um, not, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it just, that seems like a big improvement. Not to say that we're not on the same page, but just like small details seem to be followed up. Uh, and there's a lot more follow through with teachers, communicating with families, putting the grades in, communicating with students. And I feel like teachers had across the board a really strong vision for like, this is what the work expectations are. This is what you need to do. A big, a big push that we've had this year is just like making sure that students are not sort of putting things off. And we're not saying like, Oh yeah, you can take this, you can take this out later and finish it up later because then it kind of puts students on this other timeline of work that doesn't get due or the work doesn't get done. And then they have more classwork from their other classes. And that, that stuff can spiral really quickly, which is not to say that there's like not a space for extensions, but especially like classwork, like making sure to like, if something is a classwork assignment, put it like collecting it at the end and saying, yep, this is your work and we'll get back to you. And this is your feedback. But I don't know, some like some small things like that, just around like, a clear, consistent idea of this is what the work looks like. And this is what the expectations are to turn stuff in, especially. Um, that's been a big focus for us at the start of the year. And I think so far, that's though I would say those are some those are two things that I think are playing into it. Yeah, I'm wondering, is that as I hear you say that, is that a policy change from a school that leads to that? Is that a messaging change? Is it a collective efficacy change where people are just on board so it's working because i think that matters a lot too because you know you named it there's that flip side of like still wanting to be generous towards students and making them especially at the beginning of the year 
feel like school is a place that's going to meet them where they're at uh, and not just have blanket policies that don't acknowledge their context. Yeah, I think it's I don't know so much if it's like a policy. I, th- I think it's a collective efficacy thing. Like, I think this was always kind of the thing that we have been talking about and noticing. Um, and this year with with some of the. Yeah, like we were just very clear uh, when we were going into the school year about the priorities and how some of this stuff would actually work and just saying to teachers and to each other, nope. Like, this is how this needs to work uniformly across the board. And here are the consequences. Like, this is what we've seen if it doesn't happen. So I think collect- it's not a big policy shift. Uh, I, think, I think it's a collective efficacy thing. Like, teachers are following through and, and that kind of stuff is, is, it's just a more uniform push. And I think that's been really important. What would you say other teachers at your school would say about your role in that collective efficacy and what let me frame that because i think this is something that i think about a lot because i I believe in everyone being on board has value in itself even if it means Mm -hmm. giving up something that you think is particular to your classroom and that's something that i am a fan of and advocate for but do you think other teachers would say that you're someone who is like leading by example uh are you the type of person if you see someone who's not doing that that you speak up, have that conversation? Like what's the culture in your school when you when we recognize the value of everyone being aligned on certain priorities and then some folks don't fall in line with that? It affects everyone, but what do you right. do as a teacher in that space? That That's my curiosity. Yeah, I think it's a really good question. Um, I don't, I don't really believe in like, teacher to teacher necessarily giving like critical or constructive feedback um, unless it's like explicitly asked for. And I mean, the short answer to your question is I I would hope that people would say that I'm just like leading by example and that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm at my, you know, it's not as consistent as I would like, but I'm like making a really intentional effort to like be at my duty posts at the fourth floor stairwell during the transitions. I'm making, you know, a really big effort to make sure that my grades are posted so that the advisors can see Um, one thing that's on my list to do that is supposed to be done. um, And I haven't done it yet is to like list the upcoming, like the upcoming tests and quizzes and like larger assignments in power school ahead of time. Right. So that like, advisors can see, well, this is coming up and and students and families can see, right? So these types of things, I'm, you know, I'm certainly like doing my best to, to play my role and like do my part. And, and as far as like, what do you do if, if like one, as a teacher, if like something is happening, that looks like, oh, maybe someone's not pulling their weight or not doing what they're supposed to do. Like my default position is, well, I also know how hard of a job teaching is. And I know that there's like 300 different things. And like on any given day, I'm not doing everything perfectly. So for them, this might be one of these things. And I'm just like happening to see it. Um, So I don't like if there's like a one-off thing, like someone has an updated grades or something like that. My default is just to like give the teachers grace and say, all right, like it's going to happen. I trust them. 
And also I would say a big thing is in conversations with students, because we have this advisory structure and students will tell me like, oh, so-and-so never responds to my emails or, oh, so-and-so never updates grades until like two weeks later. And I'm, and I always try to push students, like, that's kind of a tough balance to like a fine line to walk because I, I don't want to shut the students down and like, I want to uh, like validate their experience. And so I'll say like, yes, that can be really frustrating. And then I'll also try to say like, have you considered these things? Like maybe the teacher has a different email communication policy than I do. Right. Cause I'm very responsive to students on email, but like, and I always ask like, what has the teacher said to you about how you want to communicate with them in email? Or maybe they saw your email and then the next day they responded in person verbally to you, you know? And so I don't know, I think just like supporting, supporting each other and like assuming the best in teachers across the board, I think that's really, really essential. Um, because yeah, everyone's, it's a hard job. So you have to just kind of default to the idea that everyone's doing their best and coming to work and, um, you know, making the best judgments in the moment that they can. Co-sign on that hundred <laughs> uh, percent. And I think what I like about that is like that mindset of generosity towards those you work with and humility, since we all make mistakes too. And I think you're right that it gets dicey with supporting students and advocating for themselves in those spots, especially like advisory classes. Uh, and but I was I also think there is a line, and especially when you're at the point of careers that we're in. This isn't year one or year two, where I think there's a difference. I would draw the line between struggling to keep up with something because we're all overwhelmed at times. Like that's that's different, and you don't need to step in and like offer support if they haven't asked for it a lot of times. But I think there's a different thing. Like when you're in a conversation, someone just says straightforward, Oh, I'm not doing that. Like I'm choosing to go against what we've agreed on as a school. That's yeah. I think there are moments where I, I try to push myself, like not to like immediately like push back, but like to ask questions and follow up. And then I'll just acknowledge that like that affects my classroom too. Right. Uh, right. And I think I'm trying to find that line. And luckily like we just spent a week working, you know, collectively as a team. We have five teachers teaching the same subject with our sophomore English, and we work very different personalities. But the last few years, like, I'm amazed at like how much we've all sacrificed and like compromised to get on board. And it's like a really cool thing because the cool thing about collective eff efficacy is we align on these things, but then we also each bring different ideas and styles into that space, just like any teachers at a school. And you, you learn from them and makes your classroom better too. And I think there is a way to find that balance. And it's just like, I, I'm trying to think about like this era, this season of our career, where's that balance and what does that look like uh, with colleagues? Uh, and I think you had a lot of wisdom to share on that. So I appreciate that. It's a hard, I think it's a really hard question. I think I've been pushing myself to not... Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be like that old teacher who, not old, not old, but you know, that guy who's like, just telling everyone this is how we should, like, I've actually, I've been at schools where that has been a thing. And it's just, it just, it, it, I just felt like it was toxic and it like led to like negative competition. And my principal at the time was like, I told her about this and she was like, well, you should say this in a staff meeting. And I was like, I don't want to say that in a staff meeting. Like I would, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be a pariah. 
like i i think it just needs to come from like an understanding a mutual understanding of like these are the consequences and yeah like if like especially especially through our advisory structure like i will reach out to teachers and say hey this is what a student has said can you give me any context that is always my first move and and i think from there the conversations can go like they can be really productive and, but I don't, I, I don't really, I really don't think it's my role, especially since I'm not that person's instructional leader or their AP to say like, well, I need you to do this because they're great. You know, like, that's just not, that's not a healthy conversation. I don't think. No, I, I'm, I wasn't expecting to hit this point in this conversation today, but I appreciate uh, that we got there. The other thing I'm, I'm just want to make sure we don't go too broad. Like, Talk a little bit about your classroom, like what's good or yeah. what's been hard about like in your actual classroom. I just want to hear about that. Yeah. So a big, I think hopefully this will be like reassuring to, to other teachers listening and maybe even you, but I was just struck by how effective like simplicity is and like s- simplicity in a lot of things and like consistency and like not over planning and not doing things that like basically not setting yourself up to fail. Like I've like already a bunch of times I've been like in planning meetings with my AP Lang co my co-teacher for AP Lang. We have all these really great ideas going, but a big, a big thing that we came into this year was like, we think that a, like a big gap in our instruction and planning for last year was just sort of like moving too fast and like sort of teaching over the heads of students and sort of just being and sort of just saying like, well, the data is bad. So hopefully it'll be better the next unit. And like, honestly, like it was a hard thing. There was a lot of like, there was a, there was a lot of like, well, the students really aren't, aren't invested and they're not doing their work. And that's like, not, that's a conversation that like had a lot of truth to it, but we also recognize coming into this year, like we can't, if we see that the data is bad, we cannot just plow forward and sort of like introducing new layers and things. And so, so this year, I think something that's gone really well is just just taking things slow like we're and being really clear with the diagnostics and how we're using that and not like we're in this like two week foundations of ap lang unit which i've never done before and it's honestly like it's it's going well like the students are bought in they're asking questions and like i don't feel like they a big thing about ap lang that students have come into my school with traditionally is like oh this class is too hard for me and I, and I'm actively trying to like break down that mindset and show kids that it's really accessible. And then like, so that's not soup. That's not entirely, I'll give, I'll give like a little bit more of a specific example. I, for a long time have always sort of thought that it was a good idea to have this exit ticket form. That was like, in addition to the exit ticket, the first part of the form was just a quick numerical. How's it going? So it's like three questions, survey style questions, one to seven. Um, how's AP Lang going for you? How is, uh, 
do you, like do you feel like you're putting in your best effort and th- this year we have a study group structure so there's a question about that but the point is like it's just very it's three very simple questions and it's a self-assessment of like here's how i'm feeling in the class and then um there's in the bottom it's just an optional thing where it's just like comment on anything just and the question is is there anything that you think that i should know and that's like every time I give an exit ticket, which is like two or three times a week, students give me that data. And I get like this immediate sense of how the students are experiencing the class in addition to in addition to whatever the exit ticket is for that day. Because you like click the form, the next form, and all I have to do for my exit ticket is just put the exit ticket prompt on a slide. And the exit ticket itself changes every day, but I go into the Google form. I rate their responses and I grade them, you know, out of 10 points or whatever. But the data on the front hand, on the front end of like, here's, here's what's happening and here's how I'm feeling. Like, like just this week, there's a student who I don't know very well. She doesn't raise her hand. She's very quiet. This is a student who I would have assumed was just I would have, I, I feel, I fear like I, I would have assumed, for example, in the past without doing this, that she just wasn't bought in, that she just wasn't, she just like, she wasn't that bought in. She wasn't that interested. Um, and I would have tried to build a relationship with her um, and motivated her, but also like essentially been pretty hands off. Right. But on this survey, because of the exit ticket data that I got, she rated those questions really, really low. And then in, but everything else has been fine. Like she, like her work is fine, right? Like it's not cause for alarm. Her participation is not cause for alarm, but she rated those questions the lowest out of anyone. And she's like, this is, this class is not going well for me. And in the comment box, she just wrote, honestly, every single day, feels more confusing than the last. I feel like I'm totally lost and I don't know what to do. And I was immediately able to send an email to directly. And in that survey, it's also like, do you want to check in with me one-on-one? So I was immediately able to like send her an email that was encouraging. That was like, you can do this. I know you can do this. And I copied her advisor and I was like, let's find a time to meet. I'll talk you through your questions one-on-one. And that I just that was like a big reflection moment for me because this exit ticket strategy is something that I've always just kind of like wished for and like thought would be a good idea. And for whatever, like I've tried it and then I was like, it's not really working that well. And it just kind of like went away. So I pared it down. I made it simpler. I made it, I made it really clear on what I wanted. And like within the, within the first time of me doing it, it's doing the exact thing that I, that it was designed for, which is to identify kids who are struggling, who need extra help, who want support and just like inviting them to ask for it. Um, and without that, I, without that, I wouldn't have responded. It, it could have been months. It could have been months before, you know, anything kind of happened. And I felt like, yeah. So that was like a quick, a quick success story, I would say, um, from something that's like coming from the sense of, Keep things simple, have confidence in what you're trying to do, know what you're trying to do, and don't do things that are too like outside of your wheelhouse. Like don't get too complicated. 
Yeah, I, I, you also celebrated that the way I was kind of going to. Uh, what I appreciate, one, like in my head, either probably getting you to send me that form. Maybe we can like show note it. Yeah, I can. Uh, share, yeah, I'll share the form. But I think what it's there's multiple things about that that I think is a learning partly from me last year, but like something that I want to take into this year is one, when you can find a system that you can make your life more efficient, not just like a one day, I'm going to cut this, but like something in your class, when you think about where you're spending your time, like you said, creating a form that'll work for all prompts and not going to make a new one each time. Uh, that's that matters. And when you can find those shifts, it makes an impact. But also like that value align, like you're trying to get to know where students are at and you're building a system throughout the year. So it's not just like nine months in, oh, I, I realized this. And for me, that learning last year, we had that reflective document where kids were after every assessment saying how their process was, how, yeah. how they felt about their results. And there were some of those moments where like the scores were good. I thought right. the kid was doing good, but they didn't say that that's how they were. And I want to lean into that, though, I think along with that, like having some sort of multiple choice type thing or one through seven rating scale systemically would make uh, an impact. So I just want to celebrate that too. Uh, it just, I mean, that's the nice thing at this point, I feel like the era of our career is that you find these systems that meet the moment for you as a teacher. And then you share them is the cool thing mm -hmm. about uh, what we're trying to do here overall. So thank you for sharing that. Any yeah. other things like, in your classroom or like moments that stand out to you or specific, you know, those fun anecdotes, anything funny? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of funny stuff. Kids are really funny that what my writing diagnostic at the beginning of the year is a letter to yourself. So the prompt is imagine yourself in five years, you're about to graduate from college, like what's going to be going on in your life. And I find that to be just such a rewarding way to get to know students. Um, and that, it, it, so they, like, I don't want to, I think it was kind of, I'm not going to tell any of those jokes because they were like kind of, but it, it was just so funny. Like, they're all really funny. And like, the idea of them talking to themselves in their own voice, like, it just, I felt like I got such a good window into who they are. And I like learned about them so fast with reading those letters. So it was really cool. And then just another fun anecdote we have in my AP research class. Um, we did a Socratic seminar for a research book that we're reading. And it was just like chapter one. And I, th my, I'm looping up with these students. And so they understand how a Socratic seminar is supposed to work with me and what the discussion expectations are. And like one of my students, it just, it just went so like everyone got a hundred percent and, and, and not, and it, it was a genuine hundred percent. Like, it, it was it was really really strong. Every single student participated multiple times, and I was just blown away with the the level of discourse and engagement in that Socratic seminar. This it, yesterday is when it was, and then one of my students at the end of this, she came. She was like packing up and walking out, and she stopped and she looked at me and she was like, "Mares, we've gotten a lot better at that," and I was like, "Yeah." We have, because this was a, those Socratic seminars were something that we did in AP seminar, and now it's AP research, and they're looping up with me. And but it was just really cool to see this student know what I was going for and know what these expectations are, and not just for herself, but but listening and participating in this discussion and feeling 
a sense of collective efficacy for the whole room with her classmates. Like she was like genuinely thrilled that everyone had done such a good job. And that was like a really cool moment to have at the beginning of the year um, to start things off. So, yeah. <laughs> You're setting a high bar for uh, listeners here. I think, I look, myself, I, I'm not saying it's not, I was feeling it's not perfect, the- but <laughs> I'm happy. Keep in mind. You, I'm so happy. Thank you. Yeah. Keep in mind. I, this, this, type of thing doesn't happen at the start of the year unless you're looping up with kids. I, be, I believe that like that's, that is like the reason why it's happening. Uh, but it is happening and it's, it's really, really cool. Well, good. Uh, speaking of cool things, you want to just talk like taking a step back, broken copier thoughts. Yes. Yeah. This is exciting. We've, we've been at this for a year. We're yeah. putting pods out when we can't. Uh, what were you saying? Did we got our 5,000th download, which is pretty cool? Yeah, we're, we're you know, inching close. We're going to hit 1,000 subscribers at some point in the next month, I think. And I mean, yeah. it, uh, unless you're in like, what is it? I think it's West Virginia, Wyoming, or Delaware. If you know someone and you want yeah, to we send gotta them get a those link, states on board. So yeah. Every other state, we've got subscribers along with almost 40 countries. And I, I don't know about you, like, wasn't really, didn't really know where this would go other than the simple concept of let's just talk about teaching. And then when we have things to share, let's share them. Uh, and yeah. that's, I, I, people ask all the time, it's like, you know, what, why are you sharing all this stuff? I'm like, well, partly, I mean, going back to the very, very beginning of this was me going to a professional development session where Jim was the, the, the all knowing second year teacher who I know mm-hmm. shared some stuff with me in that year. Yeah. And I feel like that mindset of like, at the end of the day, like a lot of the stuff we've got, we got from someone else and like just yeah. bring it forward. And I feel like this podcast, this, uh, our posts that we share, the goal yeah. is to say, here you go. If it's helpful, use it, please. And yeah. I've gotten better just by hearing other things that people have shared online from you, Jim, and like today in the conversation. And I guess my only thing is I, I think we're just going to just keep doing it <laughs> and just like, yeah, we're going to keep doing it. Yeah. I, it's been exciting. It's been very cool to see like where this has gone. I know that both of us want to get more pods out there, but scheduling is tough, but it's been fun. And for real, like I really appreciate everyone who's engaging because I've gotten a lot out of this community too. And it's, it's just, it's fun. It's, I think it's an important conversation and I enjoy it a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I co-sign on that. It's, it's been really cool. Yeah. And we'll keep looking for more, uh, people to jump on and if you have feedback let us know that feedback might turn into you hopping on the pod and talking yeah uh, but and i'll be diving into a new school year and i know you're already in it so there might be a little bit of a catching up point for Mm -hmm. the next few weeks few a couple months but overall just like on my end just it's been incredibly cool to see all the messages the kind notes that people send quite often and this is what this is supposed to be. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. when copier is broken, it is not usually a fun thing. But in this case, uh, I'm getting a lot of joy out of this, and I just wanted to make sure to pause and express that gratitude to you, Jim, for today. But just like the larger community listening, it's it's been a really neat thing for us, really humbling. Uh, and I really just am excited to keep it going and see what this year has in store. I agree. Are you jittery this weekend? I can never sleep very well the weekend before a school. I, I was kind of a basket case, but I just will at some point get to that moment. Maybe like the day before 
I uh, actually, my son, who's very much into Spider-Man, he's a three-year-old and he wears this, uh, he has like one of the hoods that covers his entire face. He can see through it. You know, he's like, awesome. go to the park and like pretend to be Spider-Man. And so cool. I got home today and I said, I took a couple pictures and I said, took, told my son, I said, do you want to see the pictures of you wearing your Spider-Man costume? And he looks at me with such ferocity and he says, dad, it's not a costume. And I just like like that. So I, I'm not saying I'm oh. a superhero or anything pedestal wise, but like I feel like at this point, like you're authentic. Like this is who I am. Yeah, man. Like, I love it. Yeah. I'm just excited to like be that Spider-Man at the park or in the hood. Like it is like when when you own it and you just love what we're doing. And I, I also just like the other thing I've been thinking about a lot is just how there's so many seasons in education, and like you're always thinking of like the other context, the next year, the changes that are coming. And just like, there's a lot of good too. And I'm not trying to yeah. ride off the really bad stuff right now. I think we've talked about it enough to have credibility in saying that we acknowledge that. But mm -hmm. like, I want my students to know that I see the good parts of this job and of more importantly of them. And I want to be like really transparent about seeing that good and they're good in both senses of the word there, uh, there yeah. and they are. And that's just kind of where I'm at. It's just like trying to like sit with the good. So yeah, I'm sure I'll have the nerves that day but i i'm just excited I, I love this moment so so much you can hear my voice and i'm really yeah. excited to get rolling hopefully the voice stays intact but other than yeah. that i'm just ready to get rolling well good luck my friend and uh i'm excited to reconnect when uh, once you're once you're back in it too yeah you can grill me about I, I, though i, I don't you said again a very high bar that's a good thing so thank you for that uh you're welcome i'll take i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> okay, take care, Jim. You too. The Broken Copier is an independent, listener-supported podcast for teachers. The show is written, hosted, and produced by Marcus Luther and myself, Jim Mares. Thanks to Alberto Lugo, a former student of mine, for writing and producing original intro music. Born and raised in Brooklyn, Alberto is an independent DJ and music producer based in New York City. You can find his work on Instagram at DJ Synchro and explore his portfolio at djsynchro.weebly.com. Thanks to Tom Chitari, a jazz musician, composer, and teacher based in Australia. Right now, you're listening to Woodstock from his album Garden, available on Spotify. You can stream all his music on Spotify under the name Uncivilized, on Instagram at banduncivilized, and online at uncivilizedtom.com. You can even sign up for remote guitar lessons with Tom, just like I do. Thanks to my sister, Courtney Malavik, for the graphic design you see on our social media and episode posts. Thanks to Brandon Piasecki for helping to get this project off the ground. You can leave us an audio message at podinbox.com slash brokencopier. We might be able to respond and feature it in the next episode. The goal of the show is to connect with a passionate, diverse group of educators, bring helpful analysis and collaboration, and celebrate everyone doing the hard work in the classroom. We hope to connect and direct time, resources, and energy towards concrete efforts that will improve student outcomes, especially in marginalized and underserved communities. We are not the only ones doing this. We want to honor and say thank you to the many educators out there, past, present, and future, who already understand their classroom practice through a lens of equity and change. We'd love to connect with you, hear about what you're doing, and give you a space to share your work. If you want to support the show, you can help us grow and connect for free. Reach out on social media at The Broken Copier, 
text an episode link to your friends in education, or even share an episode to your own social media feeds. You can email thoughts, feedback, and ideas to thebrokencopier at substack.com. You can also read other essays and thoughts on teaching at thebrokencopier.substack.com, where we publish all of our episodes available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.